Welcome back, everybody. It's time for Customers Who Click. Remember to head over to the Customers Who Click website where you can get access to over 50 actionable tips to help your business today. Joining me is Saunders Schroeder, the Chief Marketing Officer at Disruptive Marketing. And today we're going to be talking about how you can use UGC in your marketing strategy to really lower your acquisition costs and boost conversion. The great thing about UGC is that it's actually pretty easy to obtain and it can be used everywhere. Advertising, social media, on your website and your emails, you name it, UGC fits there. But let's get Saunder on now to really explain the benefits. Hi, Saunder. Thanks for joining me today. Um, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself, a little bit of your background and what you're up to at the moment? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, Will. Um, so I'm the CMO at Disruptive Advertising, um, a paid media agency. Um, so I do marketing for marketing agency, um, which is fun and also introduces a lot of opinions and and good and fresh dynamics. Um, I've been in digital marketing for about 12 years now um, in lots of different roles for you know other agencies, other e-commerce businesses. Um, and you know I originally got started through my own e-commerce business um, about 12 years ago, um, manufacturing some watches in China and selling them online and you know, definitely in the, the wild, wild west days of, you know, I, I would say kind of the digital marketing era. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting, though, to see trends then come full circle today. Um, you know, a lot of what we were doing back then was user generated content through influencers and things like that. Um, and we're starting to see that come back. We kind of had that era of full production um, type videos. And now, now we're just seeing people really like the authenticity of user-generated content. And you know, I, I think different than just using that through influencers though, now we're using that in ads on websites, um, reviews, things like that. So um, yeah, a little background on me and kind of what we're seeing. I guess so part of that full circle is probably down to uh... Yeah, prob- probably down to the fact that a lot of marketers are not that great at, at marketing. And uh, there's a lot of focus on here's a new platform, uh, like face- Facebook, Google Ads, really quick, easy way to make money. So let's just, let's just focus on that. Um, get some nice creative up and we're good. And so that, that focus on good quality content, like, like UGC and, uh, like long form video kind of died off because fewer and fewer people knew how to do those long form videos in a good way. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's a hundred percent accurate. Um, I, I do think, I think you're right. I think a lot of marketers have definitely leaned on what's like quick and easy where obviously long form video takes a lot of time. And, you know, I, I would also say with the introduction of Snapchat, TikTok, um, stories, you know, we are seeing shorter attention spans as well. And so, you know, I think that also is just a change in the industry and, and how quickly we do need to get to the hook, you know, immediately. And then, you know, the value prop almost immediately. So, um, so, you know, I think, and, you know, also I do think there is still a, a place for long form content. It just tends to come now more mid funnel versus like top of funnel. Yeah. But actually, I, I want to change what I said slightly. Uh, I think it was a bit unfair to say most marketers aren't good. I think there are 
a large number of uh, marketers these days are more kind of platform experts, right? Yeah. They know how to use the Facebook platform. They know how to use Google platform, but they've never had marketing training. Yeah. They don't understand marketing, but they've obviously fit into marketing teams. So that's, that's probably a more accurate statement. Yeah, I, I like that too. I think just to echo that, I, I feel like a lot of like, you know, the OG digital marketers, if, if that's what we're going to call ourselves, I think most of us did get started by starting a business or being early on in a business. And really, I think being that growth marketer and, and yeah, I think just understanding the business dynamics as well as, you know, how do you convert that now into a marketing message um, that converts? And so, you know, I do think, you know, we, it, it was challenging then, but it, it definitely, I feel like gives us a leg up now um, because yeah, we're not like, you know, in the platform. And, you know, I, I do also think we do need platform specific people now when you're yeah. managing a million dollars a month on Facebook, you know, it's that, that definitely is needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, cool. Let's get into uh, UGC then. Um, I mean, I suppose everyone probably knows what UGC is, but um, give us a, a very quick like elevator pitch on UGC. And then, uh, you know, where do you use it? How, how do you gather it? Actually, that would be a really good, uh, good place to go. Great. Yeah. So UGC stands for user generated content. Um, you know, quick, quick elevator pitch is more or less getting influencers or customers tend to be the, the two people um, you like to target with UGC uh, to either, you know, share an unboxing of your product. If it's an influencer, if it's a customer, you know, it, it tends to be best to get like a video review or things like that. Um, and then as far as gathering it, you know, I think there's definitely a lot of influencer platforms that you can use um, to gather content that way. And then, you know, for customer campaigns, we, we tend to just email um, the top cohort of customers. So the customers that have the strongest lifetime value, they seem very loyal, are very engaging on social media. Just asking them for a video review of why they love this product so much, sending them a script. And then, you know, I think to combine both of those, there's actually a pretty cool company called broll.io. Um, and, and they kind of combine both where you can get influencers and also send to customers, but it gives like a script on the phone as people are recording as far as like talking points to hit on. And, you know, it's been a pretty cool app and oh, partner cool. of ours that, that we've enjoyed. It's almost like a teleprompter so that yeah. they can, it's recording them. They're basically reading off the screen. Yep, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's nice because a lot of people other than influencers, but your customers usually aren't very comfortable in front of camera. Yeah. That was, that was going to be my follow-up. Um, you know, you do get some good, good quality customer, you know, customer content, but the vast, you know, huge majority of it is, uh, you know, low quality. The person's not that confident, not that comfortable on camera. The lighting's not great, but those obviously come across very genuine. Yeah. And you've got to, I guess, weigh up the pros and cons of that. If you can give someone a script and give them a few instructions, like be in a well-lit space, uh, have the camera X distance from you, you know, basically give them some instructions. You should be able to get good enough user-generated content from your your customers that you can then use in adverts and uh, social media and whatever. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's. 
I think you nailed the trade-offs and how to how to go about it the right way. And you know, I think I think there is something to be said just about raw and organic content, and it it tends to resonate with exactly who you're you're targeting because you're using you know your target audience to communicate what they love about it. Yeah, and also you get. I mean, obviously not if you script it, but if you let the customer just do their own thing, you get the language that they use, which is is great because not only could you, you can then use that as your own research really and take that language for your website, for your advertising, but also you've ensured that that video you're going to put out there should, in theory, speak to uh, at least a certain segment of your customer base. 100% of that. Cool. So where... Where would you recommend using UGC? What's you know what's what's actually the value? I mean, apart from the fact that you've got these genuine customer uh, reviews, but yeah, you know, where is the value? Where do you use it? What, what's the point? You know, I, I think the easy answer um, is everywhere, um, and I, I can give a few examples. So, you know, we we have a client who sells swimsuits for women. Um, we were you know running running our own ad just you know using some of the video content and the shoots that they had been doing and and we were seeing a good cpa on youtube um and running this both pre-roll mid-roll um and we we switched it out for some user generated content um from a customer of theirs and we were able to cut the cpa on youtube by 80 percent um and so that that was just a phenomenal use case of of where it just you know blew our expectations out of the water what sort of price point is the product? Um, their average swimsuit is about $45. Okay, cool. Yeah, so fairly, fairly standard, kind of standard fashion pricing. Not, we're not talking about luxury products. So, okay. Yeah, they are priced very favorably, but they are, as far as swimsuits go, their materials are, are up with like the upper echelon of swimsuit brands. So that's why their user-generated content does perform so well, because... People at the price point aren't, aren't expecting such a high quality product. And so when that's like everything, like everyone is saying in the UGC content, um, it just helps with the sell so much easier because they're like, I spent $100 on this swimsuit and this $45 one is, you know, four times the quality. So, yeah. you know, they, they've definitely nailed a good, good price point there. Yeah. Have you heard of um, Italic? I haven't. It's, it's just a company called Italic. Um, stumbled across it on Twitter the other day. Unfortunately, they don't ship to the UK, but um, their whole selling point is uh, we get the products from the manufacturers. We, we get products from the same manufacturers as the luxury brands. Uh. So I don't know if, I don't know if they're, because I, I can't access it. It's a members thing. So I, I can't access it because I'm in the UK. So I don't know if you're actually buying those products, but almost at cost. Or if you're just buying a almost like an exact replica hmm. um, or a very similar product, but um, yeah, it seems quite cool. But it's US only, so um, bit, a bit annoying for me. It was just that whole idea of you know, I guess pointing out that you don't have to pay uh, an extra thousand dollars. You basically you're, basically you are paying an extra thousand dollars or something for the brand name just to be on there. Yeah, hundred percent. And it sounds like your clients are basically showing that you know you don't have to. Like you can still get the quality, yeah, at a, at a good price point. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that and that obviously, yeah, helps in all of the content. And then, 
you know, I think obviously that was a YouTube ads example. I think the same applies to Facebook ads. Um, you know, the same applies to content that's on your website. We're even testing that right now, UGC content versus, you know, these beautiful images. And I think that's where you do have to find like a good balance between, um, you know, they, they still want to position themselves as a premium brand. And so I think the website still needs like that premium fill. And so just finding like, you know, maybe we still lead with the, the high production video that, you know, was done in Hawaii with a, a film crew. And then, you know, yeah. maybe right below that is the, you know, more the UGC content. So you're still getting the premium fill and then also like the organic real customer fill to go with it. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I think you honestly can, and then, you know, they use those in their stories. They use those, um, on their organic posts. I mean, honestly, anywhere we put them in our emails, um, you know, as like a review snippet from clients. So, um, or customers. So yeah, I think UGC is just great because it can honestly be used anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. I did some, um, some research for, for one of my clients, just some surveys and things. And a lot of the feedback was that images are really important which understandable, but a lot of the comments were saying, um, life, like real life imagery. So they don't just want a picture of the product. They want a picture of the product with someone using it or wearing it, where whatever you're supposed to do with it. Um, yeah. and that, cause that gives you a real, you know, obviously it depends what it is, but if it's like clothing and stuff that gives you a real look and feel for it. And you can think, well, yeah, that looks about right for me. Um, obviously the next step would be able to say, this is my body shape and size. This is my height. This is my weight. And, and so here's what a medium would look like on me. That would be incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, um, that UGC is like taking it to that next level. So you've got, you know, the, the basic photo that you can look at in the detail and go, okay, cool. This is the product I want. Then you see someone wearing it and you go, cool. Okay. It looks really good on a person. And then it might be that third one, which is the UGC. And you go, okay, this, this business has got real people. They've got customers. They've got happy customers. That's like another checkbox. Yeah, cool. Uh, another bit of that social proof um, to get someone to purchase. Yeah, love that. I, uh, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's phenomenal. I think, yeah, that's... Because uh, I think, you know, obviously the biggest hiccup of ordering online is how's it going to fit. So the closer you can relate to that and you know, is, is definitely going to be very important. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's loads of companies out there now that do kind of fit finding tools, um, whether it's, you know, fashion shoes, um, those are the main ones. Uh, I did see a cool, quite a cool tool on a really random website that looked, you know, a bit old, didn't really look like a very professional design. Uh, you know, it almost looked like a bit of a template, uh, that they then edited themselves. But they had this widget in the middle. It was a watch. It was either luxury, uh, sorry, not luxury. It was either a jewelry website or a watch website specifically. I can't remember. But there was one bit where you just had an arm across the screen and you could change the skin tone and you could change the watch that was on there. Hmm. And I, I thought that was, really, that was pretty cool. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't quite give you the feel for like the fit and the size. Obviously, you can change that with a watch. But it gave, gave you a, fit, a, a feel for how that watch and that strap would look on your arm and whether you liked it or not. So I thought that was really yeah. cool. And I've never seen it anywhere else. Hmm. That is cool. I like that. I mean, uh, what comes up for me is just how, how cool augmented, rea augmented reality is going to be in the future, because you could literally stand in front of a mirror 
with your phone and, you know, it will fall the way it's going to fall on you. And, you know, I think that will be, you know, kind of like the next step and an evolution in, in all of this. I mean, you see it now with like furniture and stuff like that, but, um, you know, the future, future is definitely going to be cool when it comes to all of that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've not looked at Ikea's app yet, but uh, you're supposed to be able to do that now with their, yeah. their AR app, um, which is quite cool. And there's a brand, uh, a glasses brand, I think it's called Cubits in the UK, um, who do like kind of luxury, it's their own glasses uh, and they're quite high end. And I think they have a um, an iOS based Uh, Or no, you might just have to do it on your phone. I don't think you can use a webcam on a PC. You have to do it on your phone. But it is basically an AR thing of like, this is what the glasses are going to look like on you. Cool. Just help you make help you make a bit of a decision, which is quite cool. So it's good to see more and more uh, like smaller brands adopting these sort of things. We've moved a little bit off topic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So just bring it back to you. Just say, so advertising wise, um, I just wanted to ask. You know, if you're running ads, if you're doing a video ad, which it's a video review, isn't it? Um, is it literally just the video is just the review or maybe two reviews? Or do you kind of like mix it in with a bit of a, with a bit of production stuff to introduce it or anything? Yeah. I, yeah. Great question. So I think, I think there's a mix and I think really, really testing and figuring out what works is best, but you know, we'll, we'll run it just, you know, one single review in an ad and test it in the top middle and bottom funnel um, campaigns to see how that performs. We'll then, you know, do more of a compilation where we'll take, you know, five or 10 reviews and just take like the five or 10 seconds of each of those that are most impactful and put those, you know, all together into one with a lot of, you know, quick transitions. So even though I'm saying five to 10 seconds, each one might be like three seconds talking, um, just to keep it engaging. Um, once again, testing that at, at all stages, um, so I, I think honestly, there's there's room to add some production to it, and that will you know perform sometimes better. And then some companies just doing the you know 15 to 30 second review from a customer in its own ad will perform you know better. And I think depending on where they're at in the funnel, you know, can determine that as well. So good answer. Uh, Reminded me a bit of um, do, do you know the agency Molio? I don't. The US based. Um, had a chat with them in one of the earliest episodes, I think, maybe around episode 20. Um, cool. Their whole thing is video video uh, advertising um, and, and media buying. But their process is they will, they will film like a five-minute video advertisement for a brand, but they will include several introductions, several middles, several ends, and then basically mix it up and test everything across, across channels, across the funnel, um, ad formats. Um, so it sounded like it just reminded me, like what you were saying, reminded me of that, where, you know, you, you're kind of saying like, test it, like test different creative, different styles of creative, um, test them in different ad slots and everything. So, um, yeah, it sounds like a really good, really good thought through approach, um, as opposed to sometimes what you see, which is we've got a video, stick it on Facebook. Hope it works. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I don't know if the methodology to marketing will will ever really change too much around just test, analyze, optimize, and, you know, kind of rinse and repeat over and over and over again. And, you know, the failures are, are kind of the learnings and get you up to that point of finding the win. And, you know, so I think, I think doing that as best as you can, whether that's in content or audiences or, you know, whatever it is, I think, 
I think that that will always stand, hopefully, the test of time. Yeah. So where where can brands go wrong with UGC? Do you see any kind of hmm. mistakes that, that they make? You know, I, I think it, we, we are starting to see just because UGC is performing well, brands almost making like, you know, production versions of UGC. And, and I think that's, I think that's where you're actually losing like the intent and the flavor behind what makes UGC great. Um, where you can see it's like an actor. I mean, it's like the classic infomercial, you know, doctor that at the bottom says this is not an actual doctor. You know, it's just like, <laughs> we don't have that here. I don't, I don't think you're allowed to do that in the UK. Um. Good, good law, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, so I, I think that that's kind of what that's becoming, right? You can see it's like, you know, obviously a very attractive person. They're hitting all the cues, right? You know, and it's just like, it just use, loses that flavor of real, authentic, um, that it is a customer. And so, you know, I, I think you tend to see that more with the bigger brands. And so I think just keeping people honest there is very important. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think that's the first thing that that comes to mind. Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's yeah, it's really important. It's like what we said at the start, right? It's you, real UGC comes across as real user generated content um, because you can tell this. You generally, tell people are not professionals, right? They hesitate a bit. Their performance in the, in front of a camera is not perfect, and it's and the and you know, even just something as simple as lighting. Lighting's not, it, it could be good, but it's not going to be spot on. Yeah. And you can tell when it's been done professionally. <laughs> and it's, it is very, very obvious. So, yeah. yeah, hopefully we won't see too, too much of that. I know. It's a, yeah. I mean, I'm starting to see more and more. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And then, you know, I think, I think one of the other mistakes is it's, it's hard when you find something that works to not want to really, you know, scale it at that point. But I think, you know, a lot of brands will then just put everything in that basket and that's all they're doing. And, and so I think just still keeping in mind, you want balance in everything you're doing. And, you know, like I gave with this, our swimwear client, we, we still want, you know, the website to have that premium fill. And, you know, there still is a need to incorporate UGC there as well. So I think, you know, just, just keeping in mind, it's, still great to have long form content. And I think that's where you tell your story, your brand story and who you are. Um, so yeah, I think just, just not going all in. So there's a difference between scaling and going all in. So I, I would say yeah. just understanding the fine line there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, I don't see, I haven't seen it in bigger companies because obviously they've got the budgets and the departments for it, but yes, I suppose with smaller companies where budgets are quite limited, it can be quite tempting to say, well, this ads were working really well for us. So let's just, let's just focus on this and let's make another couple of versions of this and, and we'll be good. Um, yeah. And eventually, you know, trends change. Uh, eventually that sort of content's going to stop working or be less effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Completely valid points. Um, and I suppose uh, on the flip side of that, what, what are some key tips for, uh, sourcing it or or producing it, yeah. Where what are, what are one or two or three things that a brand can do to really get UGC right? Yeah, 
So, you know, I mentioned that B-roll company that that's been a, a nice way to a more, it feels like a more efficient way, just, just because you can easily manage everything within there. And the user experience is amazing, especially for customers. So, you know, that that's been pretty phenomenal. And then, you know, I think back to my previous point, I think really understanding who your advocates are as customers is always a great way or a great place to start. Um, and you can always incentivize them with, you know, a free swimsuit bottom or top or, you know, free swimsuit in general um, or whatever your product is where, you know, obviously there's a lot more margin um, on the business side to do that. And they're, you know, they're thrilled, usually just you reaching out and wanting them um, to film something. But then if you can like sweeten it, um, you know, I think, I think they just put a little bit more effort into it. They're a little bit more considerate um, around what they're, what they're saying and just, yeah, I think just put a more constant concentrated effort into it. So, um, I, I think those are the, you know, the two tips that, that have helped us. And then, you know, I think, like I said, when you can start combining it and get a little bit more production in there, I think that helps as well, just to get multiple people, um, customers or influencers sharing, you know, and, and maybe even splicing a customer with an influencer with a customer with an influencer that that can work well with a more premium fill. So you do have someone who is a little bit more um, experienced and always filming themselves um, with a customer who isn't. So it can kind of give you a good balance of that premium and authentic fill. Yeah, there's some. Uh... I say some, I know of one, but I'm sure there are other apps. But there's a review app called reviews.io, um, which is pretty cool. But they have a, one of their dashboards is like an influencer dashboard. So it will tell you, um, you know, it's, it's obviously syncs with all your customers, uh, pings off those review requests. But then it will say, well, we've actually identified that this person has a decent following on Instagram. So that, I think that's all it does at the moment. But the, I think the kind of point that they're trying to say is it's an opportunity for you to reach out to this person, especially if they've, if they've left the five-star review, you can then say, well, they've left a five-star review. They've also got 50,000 followers on Instagram. Let's reach out to them. Let's, uh, you know, and it could be, would you mind doing a video, a video review to, to go with it? Um, or it could just lead you to going, well, here's an influencer we've got who loves our product. Let's, let's just work with them. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty cool, but yeah, just a good way of it's a good way of scoring and and getting kind of ensuring you get some better quality yeah. uh, reviews. Like you know, if, if someone's got fifty thousand followers on Instagram, they probably know what they're doing with a camera. Yeah, for um, sure. So you can be pretty love, confident that this that. yeah that this person's going to give you a good review. Um, uh, do you see any uh, yeah? Do you see any kind of trends coming up in the way businesses use UGC? You know, I, I am starting to see um, businesses taking people who, you know, maybe are a little bit more the better on camera, um, but but also relatable. Um, starting to use them as models in their um, their actual like product photography on the website, and so I mean that's that's been a pretty cool. You know, I think like good, better, best. I definitely think that's like a best case scenario. If you can get customers start modeling like your apparel. And I, I think that's just like a whole different level of advocate where 
um, you know, they're, they're not only helping you with video content, but now they're on your website, wearing your product. Um, they're relatable that people are seeing them in the ad and then they come, you know, to the website and they see, you know, a real person actually wearing it versus, you know, a model who's 5'10 and 110 pounds, you know, and fit isn't always relatable. So I think, you know, I think that's a cool evolution. Yeah. You could just have like a a little, like Will from London. Yeah. And maybe some like kind of figure stats, but maybe just indicating that's a customer, but, um, it's just made me think, do you know, um, an app called hero, like a widget, it's a website widget. Yeah. That one sounds familiar. I think it's, it's a live chat. But the the thing I yeah, I think it's it combines a live chat, but the thing I've seen is um you have like a it just rolls through videos of staff members who have taken video of themselves in stores, um, saying like, here's one of my favorite tops, um, and then just kind of describing it and saying like, you know, it's uh it fits really well like this, it's uh it's the slightly longer fit, or whatever. You know, they they kind of talk you through it, but they're I mean, I, I imagine they probably did use some models to do it or something because these people were confident, uh, unless they just took a few shots or whatever. But um, so that sort of thing, uh, I mean, yeah, just as UGC, really. So instead of using a staff members, you're using customers to do it. Yeah. Um, and then you could actually do a because I, I think part of it is also the ability to shop, like shop now. So on this video, you're looking at this product and you have the option to just uh, visit this product or I don't think it's buy now because you'd have to do size and stuff, but, uh, it's just on, on any page of the website, it's just advertising a role of kind of, uh, staff favorites. I love that. And so if you could do a a similar thing, but with customer favorites. Yeah, that's, that's a cool, that's a cool app. I, yeah, I'm interested to check that out. I'll have to, uh, to look. It got, I believe it got bought by Klarna a little while ago. Okay. So what I'm really hoping is that anyone who's a Klarna, anyone who uses Klarna will get access to it, hopefully for free. That'd be awesome. Because that, that it just gives it to everyone, doesn't it? Um, yeah, that's rad. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That does bring up, there was, I don't know if they're still in business. Well, there were a couple of companies doing it where when you chatted in, it would connect you with actual customers. Okay. and. And companies were paying customers, you know, more or less to do their customer service. Um, Never heard of that. And so, yeah, you would you would just use the website chat, and it would connect you with customers, and you could ask them anything about the product. So I know, like Callaway was doing it on the golf side. We tested it with a few clients, and you know, I think I think it is like hit or miss because you know sometimes they do just need to talk to someone and customer service about a shipping issue or something. So, What's your returns policy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're like, uh, okay, let me connect you with Frank over here, or Angela or whoever it is, you know? So, yeah. So I, I haven't really seen that trend take off, but, you know, I think just back to the advocates, I think that is a, I love the concept and I do think it is, you know, an interesting and, and maybe a hard thing to actually execute on. Yeah, it's an interesting one. You'd almost do it like an Uber sort of thing where like the app will just ping out a request and if you're online, you can choose to accept it or not. Yep. And, and then you get pay, paid a hourly prorated rate for for taking calls. 
that'd be quite cool. And then on the website, you just separate it out from customer support. You say, you know, would you like to speak to a previous customer or do you need customer service? Um, but it could be, I mean, I imagine that'd be really easy to set up as a business and, and at least try out getting the customers on board, maybe more difficult. That's uh, yeah. T- tech wise, not difficult. Maybe. I mean, I think the concept is they, they love it, you know, already. And so it's like, do you want to get paid to talk more about the products you love? And, and I think with the gig economy, like you said, I think that's a great point. It's like, I'm sure a lot of people would, would love to do that. Yeah. You, you just need, you need enough people on board so that you can kind of rely on someone being available 24 seven, almost like someone yep. somewhere just, just answering that. Then you've got language issues, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. it's a, it's an interesting idea. Um, cool. Is there anything else you want to add about UGC? I don't think so. I think we covered most of it. I think, you know, maybe, maybe the last things to hit on is, and maybe just reinforce is I think, I I think it's just good to keep testing and and seeing what works and UGC might work for your business. It might not. Um, But, you know, I think, I think, well, I, I should rephrase that. I think UGC works for every business. I just think, you know, reviews, you know, just like a, an online review website, Google, Facebook, um, Yapo, whatever it is. Like, I think, you know, that's obviously UGC content. And I think that always helps reinforce having reviews on your website. So, you know, I think you just need to find what UGC content actually does work for your business and, and really just test it efficiently across every medium and channel that you can. Yeah. Cool. I suppose actually a final question on that from me is, uh, have you got any examples of brands that you can mention that uh, that do it well? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll shout out our our swimwear client. I think they're okay. doing a great job. Um, so their name's Nani. Um, so Nani Swimwear, N A N I. Um, you know, I think check out B Roll for sure. I think that's a cool cool website, and they have a lot of examples from a lot of different um, customers. Like Netflix did it for their Thirteen Reasons Why show. Um, just doing UGC content through, you know, B-roll. And that, that was a cool, you know, just a cool use case to see that, um, you know. So I, I think just really, yeah, I think a lot of brands, I don't know outside of that if I'm like being blown away by all these brands doing UGC. I think, yeah, I think we kind of are in that weird space right now where a lot of brands either have like big influencers and that's like their UGC, you know, like Gymshark yeah. to use a UK company. They, they have every fitness influencer you can imagine as like a sponsor. And, and I think that works extremely well. And that's very powerful for them to sync up with people who are into fitness, have a following um, where, you know, it might not make sense for me to, to be a, a Gymshark, you know, Wearing a, a tank top and the the short shorts, you know, is probably not going to be great for me. You know? <laughs> but then there's there's always that audience, right? Yeah, true. That's what we were saying earlier about that, that um, having having genuine customers as models for a fashion brand because yeah. it speaks to the customer. So, you know, maybe some people don't want to see this like incredibly in shape person wearing the gym shut gear because they're like, well. Is that going to look good on me <laughs> if I've got a few pounds on it? Like, maybe you want to you want to see what it's going to look like. All right, I, you win. Good, good argument. I <laughs> will send my on that. 
We'll see if we can get Gymshark in touch. <laughs> so just finally then, uh, is there anyone in the D2C marketing world that you would want to have lunch with? Ooh. I mean, I think, I think Gymshark would actually be a really cool company because I feel like they've done everything extremely well. So I do think that is, is an example that, or a company I would, you know, I would love to, to definitely have lunch with. Um, you know, I think there are, I like, uh, you know, Felix Gray, the the blue light glasses that I wear, I think they would be interesting. Um, so, you know, I think, I think people who are, yeah, any, I honestly just love talking to any D to C brand and, and what's working for them. And I think it is, we, we have a, a very like premium D to C client and that's been like very intriguing. And, and there was a lot of doubt in working with them just because of the price point. And it's, it's just unreal what you can do with D to C now. So it would be cool yeah. to understand, you know, a more premium brand and how they're, they're doing it as well would be, would be cool. To, I don't really have one that comes top of mind, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose the pushback I can imagine from premium brands, like really premium brands, is that that content doesn't fit. Yeah. They they want to be like everything has to look perfect on the website. And there's that fear that even the people who can afford like really expensive products might not be able to put a decent enough video together. But you know, maybe that's where you can get away with putting a bit more studio quality into it. Maybe you send that person uh, like a microphone, a light, yeah. you know, like a like a ring light. And you actually, you, you give them some of the equipment needed to put together that video. Yeah. Well, and, I, and, and since you pushed back on me, I'm going to push back on you on this one. I, I do, I think, I think more premium customers are, tend to be more tech savvy and tend to highlight maybe their lifestyle better anyway, and, and kind of have that influencer feel. So I, you know, I do think premium brands probably should be embracing it more and more because I think it it does go in line probably with who their customers are. And, and yeah, maybe I think to your point, they they probably do want to field and, you know, really give their stamp of approval, have higher criteria, I guess, higher standards and what they allow. Yeah, there's a there will always be for those premium, well, for any brand really, but premium brands, there will always be those customers who want to show off. Yeah, and they if you ask them to do a video and you say we want to use it in advertising, we want to put you on our adverts or on our social feeds, <laughs> there'll be people like, yeah, let me do it. I'll. <laughs> what do you want? Give me scripts, instructions, whatever. I'll get you that video. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think I think a hundred percent, and I think they'll put the effort in to like make it you know amazing. They're they're probably not you know in the if we take like a Gucci for example, they're they're probably not going to want people taking a picture in front of a mirror, right? They're going to want them to be against like a brick wall or some street art, you know, yeah. wearing and posing, but, you know, still UGC content. So, which is really yeah, easy to I do like these that. days as well, right? The quality of cameras these days, um, you can get those good quality, uh, quality of oh, phone yeah. cameras, I mean. Yeah, it's unreal. I mean, yeah, I think that I don't, I don't have the, the iPhone 12 Max, my wife does, but the camera on that and the portrait mode is just like unreal. We have a super nice Sony A7. She's actually a an influencer. So <laughs> I was I was the Instagram husband always, you know, using our our Sony or Canon or whatever to take pictures. And 
And now it's just like all about the phone, you know, and, and yeah. even he's completely shifted, you know, I think is also an interesting trend with influencers of like, it, every post always had to be like professional. And now, and now it's like the raw organic ones that aren't staged are the ones that do like phenomenal. And so, you know, I think that just, you know, maybe I guess back to your trend question, I think shows where the trend in content and influencers is, is going as well. But it's coming back to that, it, like, this is more genuine, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So the influencers are starting to realize that actually, if they come across more genuine, it works better for them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, this has been awesome. Really, really, really good. I've really enjoyed this. Um, if people want to find out more or get in touch, what's the best way of doing that? Yeah. So you can email me, Sondra at disruptiveadvertising.com. Um, my handles across all social media is uh, Sonder Schrode. A little bit of a tongue twister, but um, you'll, you'll see my name you know, here, but just without the ER on the end. Um, all one word. So yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, you know, whatever Instagram, whatever medium is good. Always, always down to chat and talk and just don't, just don't spam me with your products. I like, I like building real relationships. That's my only, only ask. So build something genuine and then I'm open to hear anything. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Soda. Yeah. Thanks, Will. Real UGC comes across as really genuine, great content. You don't actually want things to be perfect. You don't want that studio finish on things because it just immediately starts to look like an advert instead of the genuine customer content that it's supposed to be. The whole point is that it looks genuine and it really is genuine customer explanation of the product or service. And this is so powerful for converting visitors into customers. It's almost as good as referral marketing when you think about it. Who are you going to believe more? A company saying, we're so good, our product is amazing, or your average person explaining why they love the product and how it's changed their life. If you'd like to learn more about UGC and how to use it, reach out to Saunders and LinkedIn or head over to the Disruptive Marketing website. Any other podcasts, questions, uh, feedback, guest requests, please send them over to will at customerswhoclick.com or tweet me at Will Lawrenson. Next up, I've got Eli Weiss joining me from Olipop and he's going to explain how their focus on customer experience has driven growth for their Challenger soft drink brand. But until then, keep those customers clicking.